0: Hey, what's up, my friend? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Hope you're doing well. Hope life is treating you good. We are on episode 17 of the podcast, and we've got a great show for you today. Got a great episode. I think they're all great, but I'm excited about this one. This is a, a, a strategy and a tactic and a tip. It's not even like a... It shouldn't be a strategy or a tactic. It should just be a given for all speakers. So here's what I want you to do. Before we even get into what we're going to be talking about, I just need you to commit that, listen, if you're going to be a speaker, you've got to do this, all right? Right, what I'm getting ready to talk about, what we're getting ready to cover in this episode... I'm coming out guns blazing here, all right? I've, you've got to do this if you're serious about being a speaker. And the thing is, is that you have to practice. You have to rehearse. You have to go over your material. You have to become more comfortable and confident. You have to know your stuff. You have to take your speaking seriously. And so that's what we're going to be getting into today. I'm going to go through why you got to rehearse. We're going to talk about the rehearsal process, different things that I personally do, things that I, how I kind of approach Preparing a talk, and so we're going to be getting into that. Also, going to be talking about like, should you use notes? You know, should you video record yourself? Should you practice in front of the mirror, or from in front of other people? So we're going to be talking all about that today in today's episode. Hey, also just a quick reminder: we have got a uh, a free webinar where we're going to be talking all about the art of speaking. Maybe you've heard me talk about the business, the marketing side of speaking. How do you actually find bookings? How do you contact clients? But today we're going to on the the workshop and webinar we're doing. We're going to be talking all about the art of speaking. How do you actually present a good talk? How do you put together a good talk? How do you deal with some of those nerves? We're going to go in more depth on how you practice, rehearse. We're going to talk about storytelling, using humor. We're going to talk about all those different nuances and pieces that go into making someone a good speaker. How do you actually do That. And so you're definitely going to want to register for that. You can go to artofspeakingwebinar.com. Again, that is artofspeakingwebinar.com. We'll throw that link in the show notes as well. Don't miss it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Again, artofspeakingwebinar.com. All right, let's get into today's episode. We're going to be talking all you all about how to practice and rehearse your talk. Now, sometimes we think that like anytime you've seen like a great speaker, a great performer, sometimes we just have this misconception that they just get up there and they just they just it just flows out of them. Like They just nail it. They just get up there and just they just wing it. They just shoot from the hip. But that is not true. Professional speakers don't get up and just wing it. What makes a speaker great is oftentimes the work that you don't see. It's the work behind the scenes. It's the hours and hours and hours of practice, rehearsal, of preparation, so that by the time they get up on stage, what they're presenting has been dialed in. It has been honed. It has been crafted. And so think about why you should rehearse. Well, first of all, like rehearsing happens in a lot of different activities in life. Sometimes we think, well, you know, a good speaker does, they don't rehearse. They don't need to rehearse. They're just just good. But I mean, rehearsing happens a lot. Like even in professional sports, rehearsals happen, you know, Practices happen, walkthroughs happen. I'm recording this, um, you know, a, a week or two before it comes out, but the Super Bowl is coming up in a couple of days. Who, who are you picking here? Like, I don't, at the time of this recording, I don't know who I'm going to pick, but by the time you're listening to this, a winner will be announced. Uh, not, not even announced. That sounds dumb. Uh, the winner will be decided, chosen, select. No, nah, not even chosen. You know what I'm saying, but I don't know who's going to win. I'm, Carolina's pretty good, but you know, probably going to be Peyton's last game. So, all right, I, I could go either way. But listen, I mean, these are some of the best professional athletes on the planet. And yet leading up to the Super Bowl, they are going to practice. They are going to have walkthroughs. They're going to have drills. They are going to be working and ref- finding what it is that they're getting ready to do in preparation for the big game. You know, if you've ever taken, maybe in college or university, you took the ACT or the SAT, some type of a big test. Maybe you've taken some type of big law or medical or accounting test. You, can, you A lot of times you take practice tests to get used to it. Weddings, you know, before you have a wedding, oftentimes you'll have a rehearsal. Just walk through, make sure everybody knows what they're doing, who's supposed to stand where, who's supposed to say what, when, all that stuff. Actors, actors and plays they practice, they go over and over and over the material. So again, by the time they get up and they deliver, they entertain, they they act, they do whatever that thing is they're doing, they feel more confident. And so practicing is really oftentimes what makes a great speaker great on stage. Because winging it, it leaves you scattered, it leaves you unorganized, you're not taking the time to think through your, your thoughts or where you want to go or where you want to take the audience, but also we talked a little bit about this in the previous episode, episode 16 you can go back and listen to, but practicing also helps you to reduce those nerves, those anxiety. One of the illustrations I gave you was uh, like taking a test. You know, you remember like in in high school or college when you would take a test or a pop quiz and you would just, you could just show up and they could pass out a test and immediately like if you hadn't studied, you haven't prepared, you haven't looked over your notes or reviewed or anything, you start feeling anxious. You start feeling nervous because you didn't put in the work. You should be feeling nervous. You should be feeling anxious. But when you put in the work and you've practiced and you've prepared, then you go in feeling confident. You go in feeling comfortable about the test because, like you, you, you again, you put in the work, and so practice helps to reduce those nerves and those an- anxiety. Practicing also helps you to become more fully present with the audience. Have you ever listened to a speaker before and you can tell like they are so, like they're just trapped in their own head, they are so deep in their own mind, thinking about what they're going to say next. And like any little thing that could happen in the room could be just throw them off the rails, just completely derail and distract them because they're just, they're thinking through a script. And so the more you practice, again, the more confident, comfortable you become with your own material, which allows you to be more fully present with the audience, which overall creates a better speaking experience. And now also, why should you rehearse? Because when you're speaking live, you don't get a second take. Like can get, think about, like I could... I I try to typically, whenever I'm doing these podcasts, I try to just do them in one take. I just want to jot down some notes, jot down some thoughts. I try to just speak, and I, I try to just wing that, which, again, I don't recommend when you're actually speaking. But when you're speaking live, you don't get a second take. Like, I could stop right now. I could go back. I could edit it. I could tweak it. I could make it sound all pretty and professional and sexy and all that jazz. But whenever you're speaking live, you don't get a second take. You don't have another opportunity to go back and say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. You want to practice, you want to rehearse, and you want to go through it. So you've already built, let's just assume at this point, you've built what you're going to say. And so rehearsal is really just kind of internalizing how you're going to actually deliver it. And so let me walk you through the, the process here. This is the process that I follow. I don't think that there's a perfect way to do this. There's not one way that you have to do this, but this is just kind of my own personal kind of rehearsal. And practicing process for for speaking. So, first thing I do is is I take my entire talk. Now, what I typically do is I would I would manuscript my talk out. Again, everybody's different. Some people will just prefer to, to outline it, but I prefer to manuscript it. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean, again, I'm not trying to learn a manuscript verbatim. I'm not trying to get that thing down just word for word like it's a script. I just wanna know it. I wanna know where I'm going. I wanna know what it is that I want to communicate. And so I've, I've manuscripted the entire talk out. And then what I'm gonna do, the first step, is I'm gonna read that entire talk out loud. Now, again, not just internally, not just to myself, but out loud. And so this is the chance to, kind of read through the entire talk as one continuous piece. Because most of the time when you're working on a talk, maybe you're working on it over the course of a couple days or a couple weeks or a couple months, you've probably broken it down into various sections. Maybe you worked on a little bit of this section, then a little bit of that section. This is your chance to read it through as one continuous piece. And so you're able to ask yourself questions like, you know, does this even flow together? Does this seem smooth? Are the transitions smooth as I'm going from this point into this point? Is that making sense? Is it really clear what this talk is about, Do the, the stories that I'm telling, the humor that I want to use. Does it fit? Does it support the kind of the main objective of the talk? And so whenever I'm reading this through, I'm just trying to get a sense, kind of getting a vibe of how everything works there. And so this is my chance to, so again, like tweak material, tweak pieces to go back and be like, you know what, as I read this, like that story just doesn't work. Let's just cut that out. And so sometimes I'm making notes, I'm going back, I'm rewriting anything that doesn't fit, things that needs work. But you want to do this out loud. I'm not just kind of skimming through what I've written. Well, because I, you know, I already know it, so I don't need to reread it. No, no, no. Reread it out loud just to kind of walk it through and to see how it feels. Does it feel together? Does it feel solid? Does it feel like it still needs some work to it? the second thing that I do is I begin to break the talk into sections and then I start trying to basically internalize the message now personally again this is just my routine here is that I go really paragraph by paragraph trying to internalize the message again the goal here is not to memorize it verbatim I'm not trying to to, to learn this word for word it's not like a script I mean think about it like if you're if you are singing a song in front of the audience and the audience all knows the lyrics to those songs if you mess up the entire audience, knows. But whenever you're giving a a talk or presentation, the audience doesn't have a script. If you mess up, if you do things out of order, that's okay. So again, I'm not trying to memorize it like this very, very specific script. I'm just trying to go like paragraph by paragraph, trying to internalize the message. I want to know the material. I want to know where I'm going next. Okay. I'm going to tell this story. I know the key thoughts I'm going to tell within the story, like the punchline. I know how I'm transitioning out of that story into this next point that I'm trying to make. That's what I'm trying to do. And so, as I internalize that material, basically what I'm trying to do then is then to stack it on what I've already learned. So uh, I want to learn paragraph one. Okay, I've got that. Now I'm going to do paragraph two. I'm just kind of learning that. Now I'm going to do go back and do one and two together. And again, this should. All be done out loud. I'm not trying to just do this internally, not trying to just keep this to myself, but I'm trying to really know my talk, really know that material. Now, I've heard from some people who say this isn't a good way to do it, that there's other ways to memorize, there's other ways to, there's different memorization techniques and that you shouldn't go linear from, from A to Z. And again, I think you just find what works for you, what makes sense for you. So again, for me, I'm not trying to memorize it. I'm not trying to, to know it verbatim. I just wanna be comfortable and confident with the material, know where I'm going next. Uh, another little tactic or strategy here is to record yourself and listen back to help you to not only learn the material but to also help decide if the material works so you may record yourself just reading through the whole thing again at that point you can read it through verbatim because you're recording it but then whenever you're listening back maybe you're listening back in the car you're listening back on a run or working out or at dinner or just sitting in your office or something or on the couch or something just listening to it back and you're just trying to figure out like if i was listening to this talk if i was sitting in the audience right now would this make sense? Does this flow together? Does this fit together? So not only does it serve that purpose to help you kind of hear it aloud, but also it helps you to begin to learn the talk, to learn the material, to learn the presentation. Again, not verbatim. That's not what we're going for. Not word for word script, but I'm just trying to get the feel of, okay, and know what happens next. It's kind of like whatever your favorite movie is. What's your favorite movie? Like a movie you've seen just time after time after time after time. And so what's going to happen if you watch that same movie over and over and over and over again? again, you know, basically what comes next. You know that now there's going to be a couple, like several key lines. Like, you know, Oh, I know that line. That line's a good line. Yeah. I'm not going to forget that line, but you probably don't know like the entire script. You probably couldn't like every piece of dialogue you couldn't nail exactly, but you know, the big things. And you also probably have a good idea of, okay, after this scene happens, Oh, this next scene is hilarious. Like if you ever like watched a movie with a friend who knows like every scene to a movie and like, as soon as the scene starts, there's a, Oh, D- this is funny. I was like, That's, okay, great. Well, don't spoil it for me. All right, just keep your mouth shut and sit over there in silence. So that's basically how you should feel with your material. You don't know it verbatim, you don't know it word for word, but you just, you've just you listened to it, you've gone over it time and time and time again so that you know, again, what the next story is, what the next point is, what the next illustration is, what the next prop is you're going to use, what's the next scene in this presentation or this talk. So that's kind of how you want to go through this as you're internalizing the message. The third step, so again, number one, I'm reading the entire talk aloud. Two, I'm breaking the talk down, I'm starting to internalize the message. And then three, is I want to begin practicing going through the entire talk. The entire talk from point A to point Z, I am going through the entire talk. Now I want to do this. Usually, if it's a brand new presentation that I've never done before, I want to go through this, you know, anywhere from three to five times. And again, this is realize if you're doing, let's say, a, a 30, 45, 60 minute presentation, you can do the math that this is going to take several hours to go through. That's fine. That's the way it should be. But go through that talk several times because up until this point, you've just been learning bits and pieces of it and kind of chunking it together. But now I want to try. Try going through the entire thing. Now, when you're doing this, a couple of other thoughts. One, I want you to time yourself because if you're going to speak at a certain event and they've given you a time limit, you need to have some sense of how long that talk takes. Now, you also need to factor in that whenever you actually speak live, there may be some things that affect your timing. So sometimes whenever you speak, maybe you speak faster in front of a live audience because you're maybe you're, you're slightly nervous. And so you go faster than if you were practicing it on your own. The other thing to factor in is if you're speaking to a big audience and there's a lot of, let's say you're using a lot of humor and there's a lot of laughter, you want to factor in a few seconds there for some of your jokes because people are going to laugh. And so you're going to be waiting in silence, waiting for that that laughter to kind of wrap up so that you can continue the talk. So you want to kind of factor that in, but you do want to time yourself. And as you're going through it, you want to practice it like you would actually perform it. I remember in high school, I was really involved in my local church and in uh in our our church youth group, there, we had like this drama club, right? And so we'd do these gets from time to time. And so one of the things that The gal that Nancy was her name, Nancy was wonderful. And so Nancy, one of the things she drilled in our heads all the time is that practice like you would perform it, practice like you would perform it. The same thing is true with the talk. Don't just, you know, again, you're not just kind of like going through the motions of it. You're like practice, like think through your hand gestures, your voice inflections, your stage movement. If you're going to be using a handheld mic, practice with something to mimic that, you know, because if you've never used a handheld mic and then you get up there and you've got to hold something in your hand, you want to get used to that. You know, if you're doing something with props that requires both hands, you want to think that through. Okay, I've got this mic in my hand, but I need both hands. to do. De- How am I going to do this? How am I going to demonstrate this? How is this going to work? So you want to practice like you would perform it, practice like you would perform it. And that way, in addition to that, that means if you make a mistake that you keep going, that you don't go. Now, you know, the first couple times you can, you can go, okay, what did I miss there? Am I missing something? Let's go back. Let's look at our notes. Let's try to figure that out. Let's try to fix that. But there's got to come a point where as you're practicing it, if you mess up, you keep going. You don't keep starting and stopping. starting. Okay, let let me start over. Oh, I I messed up. Okay, Because remember, the audience doesn't have a script. They don't know if you mess up or not. So they don't know if you mess up unless you tell them. Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't supposed to tell you that part. I'm supposed to tell you that story later. Oh, I'm going to stop this story. They don't know that. So if you start telling the wrong story go with it. Go with it in practice so that you feel comfortable when you get up on stage. That's what the live performance will be like. If you make the mistake, keep going. Now, for me personally, I like to go through this entire talk. I like to spend the bulk of my time doing this. Usually anywhere from a day or two before I actually speak, because the, the closer I am to when the presentation actually is, the more I want to spend time going over it, uh, just as close as possible. Because again, I want to feel comfortable, I want to feel confident, I want to feel like I know where the presentation is going. Again, remember, the goal here, it's not to memorize it, but it's to be confident, to be comfortable with the flow of where I'm taking the audience. Confidence, not perfection, is the goal. Confidence, not perfection, is the goal. Now, let's talk about some other questions that come up whenever it comes to practicing and rehearsing. Should you video record yourself? Sure. You can. I typically don't, but I think you, you could. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Again, it's only valuable if you practice it like you would perform it. If you're just reading off of a script, then it doesn't, that's not really going to do anything for you. And, but the point of video recording it is to see when I do my hand gestures, when I'm making these facial expressions, does that match? Does that fit? Does that work with what it is that I'm trying to communicate? Uh, should you practice in front of other people? Again, you can. I think it's more of a preference thing. So I think depending on who you practice in front of, then they may or may not give you good feedback or constructive feedback. Maybe, maybe you're practicing in front of your mom, and it just your talk sucks. But she's gonna be like, it, you know, it's your mom, so she's gonna be like, no, honey, that was beautiful. You're the best speaker I've ever heard ever. All right. So if you're gonna do it, make sure you're doing it in front of people that would actually like give you legitimate feedback. Make sure the context matches up. So if you're you know, you're speaking to your your spouse or your significant other, but you're giving a presentation that they know nothing about. If you're planning on giving a, a presentation to a bunch of, of brain surgeons later, but you're practicing it on your spouse and they know squat about brain surgery and you're using a lot of technical terms, it's probably not gonna make sense. It's probably gonna be a little confusing there. So you can practice in front of other people, just make sure that it matches it matches up and that, that they have the 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 correct context. Should you practice in front of a mirror? Well, you could. Again, I think this is preference. It kind of is similar to recording yourself. So, I'll do it sometimes if I know I want to make some type of certain facial expression or I want to I want to do some type of movement. I want to like practice it because oftentimes we're never presenting it as big as we think we are. We think like, "Oh, you know, if I'm if I'm raising my eyebrows to make a point, I feel like I'm raising them really big, but I look in the mirror and I'm 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 not." You know, I could it needs to be bigger, you know, or it needs to be different, or I think I'm going for this look, but really I think I'm looking for a funny face, but really when I look at myself in the mirror doing it, I make a, like a like a creepy face or something. So that's where where it may make sense to practice something in the mirror. You know, should you practice on a stage? Should you practice with a podium? Should you practice with with PowerPoint? All of those things, if you're going to be speaking on a stage and you can mimic that, great, you know, that's fine. Should you use a podium? No, I don't think you should use a podium when speaking. I want you to be with the audience, fully present with the audience. If you're using Props or PowerPoint or a keynote or or slides of some kind, any type of technology. You're showing videos as best as possible. Yes, you want to mimic those conditions that you're gonna be in so that, again, you feel more comfortable and confident whenever you actually go through it. You know what happens next. Now, this uh, also raises the question, like, should you use notes? What about that? Well, the more you use notes, this is just what I found personally, the more you use notes, I think the less genuine your presentation starts to feel. Now you can have some notes up there. I try to if I'm speaking I try to not use notes at all because again I want to be fully present with my audience. I want it to feel very very genuine. And part of it is just kind of this almost like this maybe perceived thing that the audience has that if you know if you can't internalize the message of your talk like why should I care? Like you don't even know uh, your talk, so why should now? This is going to depend a little bit on the context and the setting. You know, let's think about it like in a a church setting or a religious setting. If there's the pastor, or the the preacher, the speaker's up there, and they're presenting a new talk every single week. I've been in the church environment before. I uh, involved in my own personal local church, and so the for the the pastor to like memorize a new talk every single week that's asking a lot. So they may have some notes up there that they can reference. But the point is, you shouldn't be glued to your notes. You. You may have maybe just a note card with a couple of keywords, and so if I ever do that, sometimes that's the way I'll approach it. It's just I don't I don't need my manuscript. I don't need that like pages and pages. I just want a couple of keywords, a couple of key phrases. So I'll give you an example. I do a a story in, in some of my talks about my first car, and so it's about a six or seven minute story. It's a funny story, and so I don't need like the whole manuscript of what I'm supposed to say uh, in that. I may just have the word car just written down on a note card, and that's it just car. And that just triggers in my mind, okay, tell the car story. That's what comes next. And so you may have a note card like that. But again, the more you use notes, the less genuine your presentation feels. The less you use notes, the more genuine your presentation feels. So if at all possible. I recommend that you try to avoid notes, that you try to use those as little as possible. So how you practice and rehearse your talk, you have to practice and rehearse. So whatever your, me- this is my method, whatever your method is, that's fine. The point is, is that you don't get up and just wing it. You spend the time to go through it. You spend the time to rehearse. You spend the time to practice. You don't spend 10 minutes on it. I mean, this is everything we talked about here. You're going to spend hours on this, hours. That's a commitment. That's a big commitment. Now, each time you speak, If you're doing a lot of the same stories or material, you're going to get better. The the talk is going to get easier. And so it may not require as much practice and rehearsal and preparation, but you should still always view it as a a performance that I need to prepare for. I'm not showing up and just going through the motions or just winging it. All right, so that wraps up episode 17 here, talking all about how you practice and rehearse your talk. Don't forget to register for that artofspeakingwebinar.com. Go to artofspeakingwebinar.com. Register for that. That's gonna be happening. Uh, this week and next, depending on when you're listening to this episode. Also, if you haven't already, we do have a, a free Facebook group. We have literally over 2000 speakers in there. So anytime you want to hop in there, we always have dialogues going about each individual episode. So if you want to hop in there, you can go to the speakerlabgroup.com, again the speakerlabgroup.com and uh, jump in there, ask your questions, get feedback from people. It's a great supportive community, totally free. I'd love for you to be a part of it. Again, that's at the group.com All right, that wraps up episode 17. And the next episode, episode 18, we're going to be talking with uh, my buddy, bestselling author, speaker Dan Miller, who wrote the book 48 Days to the Work You Love. Dan's been very instrumental, influential in my life. And so we're going to talk about how he got into speaking, how he's used uh, speaking in his business in a variety of different ways. It's going to be a lot of fun. So don't miss out on that episode. If you want to make sure you don't miss any episodes, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. So whatever app or tool that you use, whether it's an iTunes or wherever, to listen to this show, make sure that you hit the magical subscribe button. So every time we come up with new episodes, then uh, you're not going to miss anything. You know, you don't want to miss it. It's like DVRing a show on your TV. You don't want to miss your favorite show. So just set that DVR, subscribe to the podcast here, and you won't miss out. All right, my friends, we'll see you next time. You're awesome.